Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 156 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Today we are talking all about the largest organ of your body, yes, your skin. It's an organ. Um, super excited to get into today's topic because this is an area we get tons and tons of listener questions on all the time. And as a beauty con- counter consultant, I'm supposed to have all the answers. Not that I do, but it's something I can get pretty passionate about for sure. You're my go-to. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Before we get into the meat of today's episode, let's talk about book tour and all the things upcoming. Yeah. So next week kicks off the anti-anxiety diet cookbook book tour and dates are already filling up. I have a couple spots left up in the first space, Seattle, north of Seattle, really, uh, Bothell area, Bestier University. And then we'll be doing an awesome event at Marlene's Market, a movement workshop with Pacific Northwest Pilates and the Elevate technique. And then we are brewing up details to come an amazing event with further food in the San Francisco area and potentially another San Francisco event on its heels. And then it just, things just get really rock and roll Texas. Um, so go on over to AllieMillerRD.com backslash events and make sure that you RSVP for your spot. There's also a little note down there. If you don't see your city there, you can always message me, especially if you have a location that you have a connection with and you want to bring food as medicine and functional medicine topics. Uh, you want me to come lecture and do a signing in your event. You can always shoot me an email and we can see if we can make something happen. Awesome. And yeah, it's a great mix of um, free events. So definitely check out all the details at um, AllieMillerRD.com slash events. You can click into each individual event, get more of the details, RSVP or purchase tickets if it is a paid event, Um, but lots of really, really fun, good, awesome stuff. And we'll continue to update that page and post as things continue to evolve. They sure are. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the many, many boxes, many windows mode, but uh, I'm sure the next couple of weeks, it'll definitely be fun to watch on my Instagram, all of the places that I'm stopping at and eating at and all of the adventure that comes in balance with the work. So we always try to do that where we find a good balance of hustle and flow. And I am excited to hug some redwood trees and see the ocean and, you know, do all those things too. Yes. So, so awesome. All right. Before we get into today's topic, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor, CrowdCow. 
Yes. Speaking of the Seattle area, uh-huh. <laughs> Proud Cow delivers the very best craft meat from farm to table. You guys know that I am very passionate about quality craft meats, meaning that we understand the diet of the animal, the treatment of the animal, and ideally consuming grass-fed, grass-finished products that are pasture centered. So when you shop through Crowd Cow, it is not a subscription service. You're able to select the cuts that you'd like, as well as select from regional ranchers. So you can select your state. You can find ranchers in particular that you really like their product. Of course, we know that the environment, the soil, that's going to play a big different role in the flavor characteristics as well as the nutritional properties. So what I really love about Crowd Cow is if you find a farm like, for instance, Wolf Brothers that I'm obsessed with (laughs) and you like their product, you can continue to select them directly. You're not just getting thrown into this mix of quote unquote air quote natural meat that's being shipped to you. So go on over to crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished. You'll get $25 off your first order and free shipping. Again, it's crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished. And also you can check out under their bundles in the keto section, the Allie Miller RD bundle, which is the, my favorites that I purchased to feed my family. Again, crowdcow.com naturally nourished. Yes. And I can't think of a better way to treat yourself with guilt-free, full transparency, clean eating. And we'll be talking today about the importance of balancing omega-3s for skin health. So they also have salmon, which they've recently added to their line, Um, but definitely check out all of their products. Um, Okay. So on to today's topic. We have covered skin concerns quite extensively back in episode 83, which was on hair, skin, and nails. But since that feels like ages ago. I know. um, I was going to say that's like halfway point, uh (laughs) you know. Uh, we're, We're for sure due for a little bit of a refresh. And I know you recently just cleaned out your um, vanity and makeup and all of that. So it's always fun to talk about kind of new products that we're into and what we're using personally and recommending to clients as well. Um, Before we go into our conditions kind of one by one, I want to cover just kind of some of the basics of where issues with the skin might originate. And I think a really big one that um, we often talk about as kind of the, you know, we talk about the gut as the second brain of the body. We talk about the gut as the center of our immune system. What about the gut and our skin? And, And let's talk about kind of if something's showing up on our skin, what's that telling us? Oh, absolutely. I always say that, you know, your skin is really a window into your body's health. So we can see from nutrient deficiencies all the way through hormone imbalance to detox issues or a buildup of toxins in our system, as well as inflammatory conditions and namely in relationship to the gut, dysbiosis, candidiasis, and overall bacterial overgrowth uh, or imbalance of beneficial gut bacteria. So we can definitely see when we have skin conditions, whether they are autoimmune mediated or acne related, or again, nutrient deficiency concerns, that the gut plays a huge foundational role. And generally speaking, I would say hands down that that's my first line of defense in conjunction with topical application. But kind of my first go-to when someone says they have a skin issue is 
probiotic challenge, right? You know, it's like, let's just figure out if your body is going to benefit from the ad of probiotic. And do you notice that things improve as you increase the potency or that you get dysregulation? Uh, You get a flare in your skin like hives. That's usually a histamine intolerance and that can be tied to dysbiosis. Or do you get changes in a flare of, again, acne, and that could be an influence of what's going on in the colon with how your body's regulating hormone, Um, and or do you get improvement? And maybe you were just in a sterilized gut, and the connection I think that we made in a past episode, maybe it was on 83, is that you know, low-dose antibiotics have been used for decades as a primary tool for skin health. Um, And again, unfortunately, we usually worry about eliminating the bad, but then we don't rebound the good. And that's where we can get in a a sticky downward slope. Yes. So like doxycycline, for example, being used on on low dose, we end up pretty sterile or even um, other methods that sterilize the gut kind of as a um, unintentional consequence, like birth control, which is often prescribed for skin issues can have that unfavorable effect on that microbiome too. Absolutely. So, so there's a couple impacts that the medication could cause, and then that could keep you from fully recovering, or that could be where you could get short-term benefit from that medication, and then long-term still be dealing with more chronic skin conditions. Okay. And I think we'll see this theme kind of throughout, um, and we'll talk more about, you know, going into stool testing or um, doing our beat the bloat cleanse, but we'll see this theme kind of throughout different conditions as we're talking about ways to address everything from acne to eczema and psoriasis. They all tend to have that connection with the gut. So really good um, kind of entry point of place to start. And then um, just tying together with gut health, obviously the liver is a big part of our digestive system as well and plays a lot of other roles in the body um, with detoxification. A lot of times we see um, that toxicity can kind of compound these skin issues. Maybe we already have a gut issue or imbalance going on, and then we're dealing with increased toxicity because of that or because of the environment. Totally. So, you know, right. The first line of defense for the gut would be doing that probiotic challenge. And then based on those results, either upgrading to a more potent probiotic, like the targeted strength, and then layering in that rebuild spectrum formula, which has the antifungal that Saccharomyces boulardii has uh, support against uh, parasitic activity as well as fungal activity and pathogen. So doing both that targeted strength and rebuild would be a good kind of initial investment if you tolerate the probiotic and the probiotic challenge. If you don't, you could go right into, like you said, yes, the beat the bloat cleanse, which is going to have a combination of a lot of compounds we're talking about today, like berberine and coptis and uh, oil of oregano. And uh, that's what connects the dots of, yes, every time we do a gut cleanse, like the beat the bloat cleanse, we're always going to pair detox formula in there. Like one of the four supplements of the cleanse bundle is ultimate detox. And that's because when your gut is in a stressed mode of dysbiosis, there's going to be more debris or basically die off or drama, if you want to think of it that way. And that circulates through our system and that can drive liver stagnation, which then the body tries to get rid of 
through the dermatological tissue, that buildup. So that's kind of one of the possible direct connections. And then, like you said, yeah, the liver plays a role with your bile, which is the upper digestive part of your you know, digestive system. And the liver, also important to note, produces hormone, right? So when we're thinking about hormone imbalance, I think the liver would be the next foundational area to start. And if you pass the probiotic challenge and you're doing like the targeted strength and rebuild spectrum, and you don't have to worry about a stool test, you don't have to worry about the beat the bloat cleanse, then the next thing to go on to would be a 10 day detox for that reason. A 10 day detox is going to really give you the support of the phase two compounds that are going to play a role with encapsulation and excretion of the die-off debris um, or of the circulating toxins through your system. And it also pairs with that a liver gallbladder formula and an antioxidant blend so that you don't create more free radical damage throughout the detox process. So doing that 10-day detox protocol would be kind of a next level tier. And long-term use, what I like to recommend is the cellular antiox. The cellular antiox has glutathione and N-acetylcysteine, which is going to really support how the liver regulates antioxidant status as well as detox process. Glutathione plays a role with both phase one and phase two enzymes. And so that's a really great daily formula where then you can kind of pulse in and out those detox packs at times of need beyond the 10-day detox. Sure. And then beyond that, the ultimate detox would be another one um, to layer on. It is contained within those detox packs, uh, but it's Mm -hmm. a good one that I'll often have clients pulse in if they're dealing with um, skin flares that are kind of cyclical or um, acne tied to their hormonal cycle. You know, if it tends to strike with a big zit a week before, I'll start them on that ultimate detox a couple days preceding that just to kind of ride through um, that hormonal cycle. Yes. And that's one of the main mechanisms in there is the calcium D-gluconerate, which is going to help with excess estrogen. And, and we'll talk as we get to the hormone section, shifts in progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. Yes, that's all things to watch for when you have fluctuations or you get that like, oh, must be ovulating. <laughs> There's that zit or that PMS timestamp. Those are things to watch for. And that could definitely be something to bring in to support that process. Awesome. And then beyond um, the 10 day detox, let's talk a little bit about lymphatic flow and, and lymphatic drainage. I know you've been playing with a, is it a jade roller that you're using or a different kind no. of crystal? Adventurite. Oh, Green adventurite. wow. Yes. <laughs> For my adventurous spirit. I didn't even <laughs> I know, know that was the thing. I feel like you're making that up, but you know, no. your crystals. <laughs> it's a crystal. It's legit. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just one of those rollers though yeah like so whether it's a, a jade roller or a rose quartz or quartz or whatnot that's just kind of getting the metaphysical properties of the crystal and making connection with yourself but the roller itself which we can link um, from our Amazon store uh, that has been shown I mean it's it's been used for centuries in China. and um, it's definitely not a new trend but it's a buzzworthy trend at, at this moment, if you will. And I have found, uh, I mean, really my under eyes and, and my eyes in general have some stagnation going on as far as lymphatic tissue. So I'm always prone towards like a time of immune stress or mental emotional stress, especially if it's accompanied with a little bit more toxin impact uh, to drama in my eyes, like where I'll deal with, um, I can never say that chelas. Ch- chastelay, chastelay, 
Oh gosh, I forgot. It was a dark. I, I, I had to it Google dark. it when. <laughs> I had to Google For those it. Of you. <laughs> What's the show? Brady watches it. Um, Stranger Things. Yes, it was the dark within my <laughs> face. But um, yeah, last pretty much literally like mm-hmm. anti-anxiety diet came out and I was like, ah, Becky, Darth is coming out of my eye. And it was a chalastia, I can never say it, whatever, a, a formation of inflamed tissue. And whenever I feel stressed, I can feel kind of like that building up and I'll kind of rub my eyes more and try to create a little bit from the, you know, the, the lactimal glands to get some tearing going and whatnot. Um, I make sure I like wash my face a couple times throughout those days. Uh, but I have found that using the roller really helps with like the under eye puffiness and that that's also helped with that circulatory lymphatic flow to prevent any buildup that would get me in that like pre Darth mode. So pretty cool. I love that. And do you keep yours in the fridge? I know that kind of accelerates the, the de-puffing effect. That would just be extra dreamy. No, but I keep those eye doodles from yeah. you in the fridge. What are those? <laughs> Um, the honest hazel or no, uh, it's a different brand, Stella and Grace. I think the, um, ID puffers, they've got, I think a little bit of, um, seaweed and vitamin C and they're, I don't know what they're made out of. They're supposedly <laughs> all natural, but they're like gold and make you feel like Beyonce when you put them Yeah. On. Those are usually like a pre-lecturing or a flying or a, I think of those as I, that kind of a, yes, long night. But uh, no, I've, I've been doing the rolling just in the morning after I wash my face and it's great. Awesome. I have one as well. I'm not as good about using it probably because it's in my fridge. And so I like totally forget <laughs> to go and well, grab and the it. Only, the only technique that, and that's why I wouldn't put it in the fridge because then I wouldn't do it totally. Mm-hmm. It's like in my vanity right by where I keep my skincare regimen. And the one thing that I do know is that you're supposed to roll up mm-hmm. to help with lymphatic tissue and, you know, go against the gravity of aging. And then the, the way you're supposed to kind of like sweep the, the lines where you, where you have natural lines in your body and your face, excuse me. So I've been doing a little bit of that. And, um, I use that, uh, what is it? It's that like serum, the stuff that I love from beauty counter. It's the new pink the tall counter time, um, counter time hydrating essence. I yes. think the like, super light mm-hmm. kind of milky looking. Yes. yes. And that's yep. like really dreamy. Yeah. Really good to use some kind of a serum or something with your roller, just so you're not like dragging a crystal mm-hmm. or a rock on, on dry skin. And that can help it to penetrate a little bit more too. Yeah. I will link that stuff because it is the counter time essence is like super, super dreamy. It is. Yeah. There's something about the the essence of it. Sometimes I'll just put it on my face midday between clients because it just feels like a refreshing reset. Uh, But beyond the jade rolling, the big thing really you guys is, or, or whatever roller stone you have is just driving lymphatic flow. So like, you know, people will do body brushing in the shower, uh, massage would be supportive here. And then even using like temperature therapy that we've talked about, uh, whether you're using a quality infrared sauna or whether you're doing the hydrotherapy in the shower from super, uh, as hot as you can tolerate to as cold as you can tolerate, all of that creates this vasodilation, vasoconstriction, and this lymphatic pumping, if you will, which is going to help circulatory flow, which is going to help to move, build up, and also circulate nutrients. 
Yep. And I think super interesting, like a lot of people who do suffer from acne will notice like particular areas of the face or even neck. Um, and a lot of times when it's tied to lymphatic stagnation, it's like in those areas where you're, um, you know, your areas of drainage, like in the neck and even onto like the collarbone and chest area. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Um, so let's, um, let's talk beyond facial massage, jade rolling, all of that stuff. Um, let's circle back for a second and talk about how hormones can kind of complicate things even further when it comes to the skin. Yeah. So we talked about how, you know, the colon plays a big role and the liver play a big role with regulation of hormone, whether it's removal of hormone through the colon or production of hormone and removal, I suppose, via the liver. Uh, but there's mechanisms that we tend to see that trend pretty strongly. So the first hormone imbalance that we see is this connection of androgenic influence in the body. So our androgens are the hormones that are made by our adrenal glands. And um, we specifically see when we have elevations of androstadione, excuse me, and that's like known as AND in the blood or um, DHEA, which is one to watch for because, you know, we talk a lot about DHEA being too low and that being a limiting agent of uh, healthy ketone productivity. Uh, you know, we've talked about DHEA in PCOS often being elevated. Um, but what we do see is that there's androgen sensitive components of our skin and our hair follicles, including our sweat glands and our um, epidermal tissue. And so we can get impact when we have dynamic changes in these androgenic hormones that can drive unfavorable skin conditions and, and even to the level of sebaceous gland function or dysfunction where we can get that really deep kind of cystic acne. And that's generally when we think androgenic along kind of the chin area. Yeah. And I know that's something, um, I think we talked about it a little bit on here that you noticed as a trend in yourself, like under higher amounts of stress. And, and, you know, if you are an individual who's taking DHEA or taking adrenal support and you start to notice like breakouts in that area, or again, like neck, shoulders, chest, that would definitely be something to pull back on and consider running your DHEA level um, to make sure you're not overshooting. Absolutely. And, you know, it's all about supporting those metabolic pathways. And so blindly, one of the best things you can do is support your liver again. That's why I really go for cellular antioxidants as kind of like a, just throw it in there. <laughs> it's going to help the system function and it's going to reduce free radicals. So that's going to be a good thing. Um, but you know, I, and I have, I, I notice when I'm under stress, my biggest thing is I get incredible Hulk mode, like, because I always run high adrenals anyway. So I, when I feel like physiologically, like I need to pace, um, I can't sit still, uh, or like I'm trying to lay down for bed and I like, I need to like do some pushups. That's usually not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and usually around that time is where I'll be like, oh, okay, there you are friend. And it kind of visits on the chin and towards the end of my book deadline, I think because I was starting to do some of the rolling, this book, not last book, right? So the anti-anxiety diet cookbook was when I was in Houston just during the tail end. I think that was like literally the last edits or something. And that's when I had that really severe, we were teasing and saying Darth was coming out of my chin, <laughs> but I knew it was, and I said to you, I was like, when I run my hormones, uh -huh. I'm going to be so androgenic. And uh, we'll have to talk about that weird, crazy 
pimple zip zapper or whatever that was. Oh yeah. Space yeah. bar. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I see, I see we're going to be hitting it, but yeah, we will. So andro- androgenic acne is the first line of defense of something to watch for. And remember that that pairs with insulin uh, mm-hmm. resistance, generally speaking. So, you know, kind of along the lines of PCOS type interventions, keeping glycemic index under control, minimizing carbohydrates would be supportive, potentially even going ketogenic because you may be able to metabolize some of that down. Um, but you might want to check in if you've been doing keto for a long time, because sometimes keto itself, remember, can be a stressor. So that could be driving you a little more androgenic instead of ovulatory. So that's something to check for. And then um, optimizing your vitamin D levels is a really important component as well. Uh, but before we move on from hormones, I just want to mention that progesterone can be to blame too. So, you know, progesterone levels are going to fluctuate during your your menstrual cycle. And this is where we can see acne, like right before your period, you know, the progesterone level is going to rise and peak. It's what aids with ovulatory function. It's going to peak post ovulation and then it it declines. And it's that drop of progesterone, which stimulates the cycle, the menstrual cycle or the actual output of bleeding and that decline of progesterone and, or if estrogen starts to rear up, can be a lot of times where we are, are prone towards that hormone-related acne. And that's exactly, Becky, where I will have clients that have PMS-related acne. taken. I have them do, instead of the ultimate detox, I think just for ease, um, a detox pack mm-hmm. for five days. So like starting at day 22 of their cycle, if they cycle 28 days, and that usually is able to mitigate that hormone dynamic. Okay, awesome. And then um, just hormonal imbalance kind of in general, I've actually started to see progesterone um, added to some like facial serums. I'm not sure how I feel about that because, you know, you're putting a hormone on your face. Um, I've seen it um, combined with um, vitamin C though in a couple of different serums. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about it just because, you know, those individuals probably aren't testing their hormones or, or looking, you know, at root cause or anything like that. Um, but I know that estrogen dominance itself and, and, um, if we're not, you know, ridding the body of that excessive estrogen can also drive acne. Yes. And I'm going to go on the record and clearly say, I would not use a bi- any form of hormone, whether it's bioidentical or a phyto derived hormone or a, a pharmaceutical derived hormone in a skincare you know, product, unless you're using it as a transdermal hormone and being monitored by a practitioner, because that just sounds like a disaster. Yep. I agree. (laughs) Don't do that. I mean, I always think of, I think we talked about in the menopause episode a couple back, you know, about the big trends with like Aveeno, (laughs) which was the soy. Remember Aveeno has, I think they still, I think they're maybe still around, but you know, I remember seeing like that soy pod, like the edamame pod or whatever, um, on the cover and they've like a decade ago when they came out, that was their big thing was phytoestrogens in skin cream. But I think we've since learned that that's probably not a good idea either. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, So yeah, a lot of like potential overlap there between gut dysfunction, hormonal imbalance, liver, and kind of getting all of that um, in line. But let's give listeners, hopefully it gives listeners like somewhere to start at least. Let's start to um, dig in though into some individual conditions and we'll try to hit as many as we can. Um, okay. Some of these, like I said, have have vast overlap. So we'll we'll kind of get some generic recommendations rocking toward the end too. But 
Um, what about um, hives and rashes as a starting point? So hives and rashes, I tend to think of as more of a histamine response or allergic reaction. So these could be just like a food allergy or sensitivity. They can be immediate onset um, or they can be kind of a cumulative impact. So it could be an immediate response to a food uh, where we think of like children with peanut allergies that get really severe welts and hives, right? Um, Or if an environmental allergy, they're maybe an upper level of tolerance where an individual can have an inhalant of a pollen or grass and or have contact um, without necessarily having that contact dermatitis. And that may be only in fresh cut grass if rolling around it, you know, so there's always this cumulative impact when that kind of damning effect builds up of these inflammatory mediators and when that's going to be a, a dynamic hit. Something like a you know insect bite, for instance, um, is often where you'll have that same type of reactivity in a really you know regional direct area in response to your body providing inflammatory response to the toxin right in, in the bite. Um, so we see this with like mosquito bites or spider bites, and the level of severity of reaction is going to be based on the amount of that toxin that 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 critter put in your system essentially. Got it. And then I know I've seen clients who have hives from like temperature extremes and um, exercise or like when they physically sweat, they'll actually get hives. Yes, totally. And, you know, the big thing that I've watched for is, and especially sweating with like latex clothing, you know, that throws a caveat of an allergic response to a material or, you know, now there's so many different like polyurethane and yada, yada, different, um, materials, uh, and you know, how that with sweat, with heat, um, gets reactive on the skin level. Uh, but a big thing that I tend to see as well with hives or, um, like the, uh, uticaria, the itching, um, type sensations is a connection back to the adrenals as well, because remember that your cortisol that's made by the adrenal glands is, um, an antihistamine, right. And an anti-inflammatory. So if you're in a state of adrenal fatigue, um, or severe adrenal fatigue, you're likely going to have more prolonged flares or distress in hives, rashes, itching, because it's not going to be mitigated or counteracted by the natural compounds that the adrenals would be putting out if they weren't in such a state of distress or burnout. And this is where we can also see a connection of autoimmune activity or bacterial and viral infection having trends of these types of dermatological reactions as well because of that kind of chronic suppression from the adrenals. Got it. So actually addressing your cortisol rhythm and production and your adrenal health versus going straight to something like an antihistamine or mm-hmm. um, steroids, I know are often prescribed as well if we just can't get a handle or the, the rashes or hives are chronic. Yeah. And, and you know that's again, one of those slippery slopes because even topical steroids that have, you know, so we're talking like corticosteroids, right? You know, that can over time then further suppress the adrenal glands and steroids in an oral form and some topicals can set up more prone towards yeast overgrowth and so Mm -hmm. fungal flares. So that just creates kind of another chicken and egg relationship of another drama area that may have not originally been the onset issue. So definitely looking into the function of the adrenals would be my go-to if it's more welt 
hive um, or severe itching, that would be where I would start with adrenals, especially, um, you know, if you pass a probiotic challenge, then, you know, maybe not digging deeper. Um, but what we would need to look into for certain, especially if they're quite severe and we feel that they may be related to food would be the MRT test, because this is really looking at uh, inflammatory response. Whereas other skin conditions may be, as we mentioned, toxicity, hormones, and that's where maybe MRT wouldn't be as resolving. But when we're talking about like warm to touch, hives, swelling, rashing, fluid retention, any of that that's really dynamic as a reaction, MRT would be your best value investment as far as a panel. And this is where we get a lot of work when we're talking about dermatitis in kiddos too. Sure. Yep. That's definitely a a go-to for kids as well. Um, what about just some like topical solutions or, or kind of things you can do in the moment to help to mitigate a flare of hives? Yeah. So, I mean, there's some things that have been done for long periods of time and can be just calming as far as like a topical anti-inflammatory, um, or like nervine approach. So just using cooler temperature, uh, like a cool compress can be very helpful, Uh, using things like chamomile or lavender essential oil mixed with um, a carrying oil, like coconut oil can be something to consider. Uh, Oatmeal baths have been done for a long period of time. Now, if if you're hopefully not sensitive to oats, um, oats do, interestingly enough, have silicic acid. um, And so that's going to support that calming of the irritation in the skin. Um, I've seen people doing topical mixtures of baking soda. I'm not a huge fan of bathing in that though, because that can really affect the pH, especially for well, all, all people, but especially for women, um, having a negative impact on potentially the vaginal pH and even children, then putting them prone towards yeast infections and all that drama. So, uh, baking soda, soda as like a topical on like an arm or abdomen could be reasonable. And then aloe vera being very cool. And, you know, we think of using that in the focus of a sunburn, but you could use that topically as well. But I will say there's a crossover with latex allergies and aloe. (laughs) So that's one to watch for too. If you have a negative reaction, then that might be a further allergy to that compound. That is definitely important to note because you don't want to make your hives worse with something you're putting on topically. Um, yeah. Interesting with the baking soda. My grandma used to do that. Like whenever we would get a bug bite or something like, and it helps with that immediate, like taking the itchiness out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Again, like not as an all the time solution or all over your body, but in a, you know, acute small area for sure. Yes. And then, you know, beyond supporting the adrenals in the sense of, you know, again, if it's hives, welts, flares, you could work with our adrenal support compound, which is going to give you the full glandular, which is going to support the cortisol levels as well as DHEA. But again, if you, if it could be hormonal acne, then that would not be the right place to start because that could throw you more androgenic. I know for instance, when I start to get a hint of any adrenal related acne, that's the supplement that I hold and stop taking. So you'd be safer probably focusing on the, uh, bio C plus, um, which is going to have the compounds to support the adrenals and also has quercetin in there. And quercetin is a fantastic antihistamine. Um, there's been a lot of studies that have shown that as a particular phytochemical, that it's very effective in fighting allergies and some 
have shown in studies to be the same efficacy of prescription medications. So the BioC plus would be something that you can really ramp up um, to like four capsules a day during time of high histamine reactivity. Like if you know you respond to ragweed or particular grasses or whatnot, um, then that would be something you could pulse in. Awesome. And then this next concern, I know there'll be some overlap for sure, um, especially with some of the treatments, but what about eczema? Sure. So when we're talking about eczema, I would also hit on, aside from the things discussed, like gut is where I'd honestly start with eczema and then food sensitivity. Uh, but I tend to think of, you know, the, the severe scaling and sensitivity going back to essential fatty acid deficiency. So I really like to look into like evening primrose oil or GLA would be the active ingredient in there and ensuring that the omega-3 fatty acid status is optimized. So like our EPA, DHA extra and going up to like three or four capsules a day to really support the hydration and lubrication and give that fat to support the body and in an anti-inflammatory delivery. Awesome. Um, and then beyond that, I know light exposure is, is often used um, for eczema and we'll get to psoriasis in a little bit too, um, but both of those um, light exposure or phototherapy and um, sun exposure could be helpful too. Oh, absolutely. So they'll actually use like uh, UV light um, in these types of scenarios, especially with like cirrhotic arthritis or when we're dealing with uh, severe flares of eczema or psoriasis. And really just getting exposure of sun at 10 to 15 minutes a day is a great starting point. Um, that can actually calm the inflammation, reduce itching, and you're getting a boost of vitamin D, which is super important. And that phototherapy itself helps to regulate the bacteria on your dermatological tissue itself. So that can help on kind of the outside in bacterial stability as you're working with the probiotics inside out. Sure. And then bringing in potentially vitamin D as a supplement as well, because often vitamin D deficiency is linked to eczema. Most definitely. So that would be another one that I'd kind of preliminarily bring in. Um, the vitamin D balance blend is going to always have that, you know, K1, K2 blend to help to regulate calcification, which is also important to note because another skin condition we haven't noted yet is, you know, just like the, the buildup of um, calcium deposits in the skin, even when we're not talking about cirrhotic, uh, arth cirrhotic arthritis or um, other calcification disorders, there are something with like, a mil I think it's called milieu, mm -hmm. yep. I believe, yeah, milieu the skin. And, um, you know, that can be tied to calcification. So by doing the vitamin D balance blend, you're going to get that support on kind of all ends of the spectrum. Awesome. And then you mentioned bringing in the EPA DHA as kind of a baseline. What about, um, like topicals and, um, other, uh, agents that you would use kind of on, on eczema flares, or, um, if there is like scaling or crusting or itching of the skin? Yeah. So you can use, um, like I said, I, I like to bring those carrier essential oils with coconut oil because coconut oil is going to have the caprylic acid and the monolaurin. So that's going to give us that antibacterial, antifungal 
antimicrobial property and that also soothes and may accelerate the healing process. So, you know, you could add in other antifungal components like tea tree or lavender, especially if you're talking about like an area of plaque buildup where you really feel that it's gotten, you know, quite severe. Um, So you could do that just for, for, of course, the pleasant element of scent, but to enhance the efficacy of the coconut oil by adding in some of those essential oils. Awesome. And then um, probiotics, certainly if you pass the uh, probiotic challenge, those are often a go-to, especially in kiddos where we can't do like a full-blown cleanse with them if they're young, um, really ramping up their good bacteria and, and probiotic intake is a good first step. Yeah. I mean, those are kind of three non-negotiables, mm-hmm. um, both a, a DHA. I do an EPA DHA blend with infants as well as a liquid probiotic and uh, vitamin D drops from infancy on. And when parents are compliant with that, and if there's any digestive feeding issues with the child, with the babe, and they have to switch from breastfeeding or make any tweaks, we're usually able to stay on on top of it. And that can really prevent eczema flares and and even, you know, dealing with any skin conditions, conditions, excuse me, which also likely means no gut issues. If we're not, again, seeing that uh, transparency of, of the skin flare, then we know that to some level, as long as bowels are regular, that likely the gut integrity is also quite sound. Awesome. And then, um, there's a topical probiotic. I know it was sampled to us at some point back in the day, but a topical cream by, um, Alvia, they're the same brand that makes some of the bioidentical hormones that we often are, um, recommending. And that can be a really helpful, um, if you pass the probiotic challenge and just kind of need something soothing topical, it can be helpful. You'd want to, you know, with anything probiotic on the skin, you'd want to kind of spot test to make sure it doesn't flare things or make things worse first. Right. And I mean, when we're talking about probiotics, if we're talking about children, you know, toddlers and, and really starting at six months of age can already use the baseline uh, probiotic, which is a capsule. Yes, but you can open that up and mix that into a bottle. Um, you can mix that into a bite of something once the child is, you know, six plus months and eating solids uh, because research really shows a high quality probiotic of somewhere between 25 to 100 billion organisms as far as being effective. And a lot of the stuff that's at like Walgreens and CVS and Target is at the million, not billion range, whereas the baseline probiotic starts at 15 billion CFUs and then we go up from there. Awesome. And then other things that could be helpful, um, vitamin E, I know, um, is one to use either topically or, um, internally short term to help to speed up, um, and accelerate healing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, biggest thing is thinking of the skin as a protective mechanism, right? So it's like a barrier defense. So we want to think of what nutrients fuel our cell membranes and knowing that our cells are bilipid membranes, really working on all those fat-soluble vitamins and the essential fatty acids is going to be one of the best ways to support the barrier defense. So let's, before we go any deeper, Becky, have a word from today's sponsor, F-Bomb. 
Awesome. So we really, really love F-Bomb since I think you found them first, right? Um, at the first KetoCon, um, just representing really everything that we talk about all the time with the foundation of the keto diet being whole, real food ingredients that provide a delivery of fat that's going to boost brain, hormone, support a keto lifestyle. Um, they started off their product line with packets of high quality fats, so their macadamia nut and coconut based, as well as their premium oils. And they're starting to expand into other spheres of fat fueled snacks as well. That's really exciting. Yes. I love F-bomb and have at least an F-bomb a day and pretty much every member of my household does. I'm obsessed with the macadamia with coconut and I love to travel also with their premium oils. So they have MCT oil, avocado oil, olive oil. This makes eating on the go really simple if especially I'm traveling for work and I'm not sure about quality oils and I want to ensure that I'm avoiding all industrialized garbage because as we've been talking about the skin and the bilipid membranes, the fats that you select actually make a barrier on your cells and protect what stays in and what leaves. And when we're talking about hormone balance and supporting our skin tissue, we want to make sure that that's comprised of nourishing fats that are anti-inflammatory instead of those that are highly uh, oxidized, damaged, and going to cause distress in our system. Yeah. So, um, yes. <laughs> so I also love just one more shout out of F-Bomb, um, their pork sticks. So uh, these are fantastic. It's probably the best texture and moisture as far as a meat stick goes. Um, I love to cut them up into a nut blend with also the Keto Crunch cheese crisps and make like a little trail mix on the go or use that as a simple adult lunchable. Um, go on over to dropanfbomb.com. So that's drop an fbomb.com slash Allie Miller RD. That's how you let FBOM know that you heard about them through the Naturally Nourished podcast. And when you're over there, you will save 15% off your first order. You can also use the code Allie Free to add a free box of premium oils to two boxes of FBOM nut butters. And while you're there, check out their FBOM nut butter jars. The uh, chocolate uh, macadamia, Stella will tell you, is a dream. And <laughs> we love to use that on fresh cut strawberries. Um, so go on over to dropanfbomb.com slash AllieMillerRD. You'll show up on a page with my face on it and see all of my favorite products. Enjoy all of the deliciousness that FBOM offers. Yes. And that fits in so well with today's topic, because I think one of the best things you can do, like you said, for skin is just to eat more fat and support that barrier defense. Absolutely. For sure. So we got eczema, we got psoriasis. Um, and I think we keep kind of connecting back again. Both of these conditions have a, a tie with autoimmune activity. So we're tying in supporting the immune system, but also we've seen with both of these dysbiosis trends. So we've talked about the support with the beat the bloat cleanse and probiotic challenges entry points. Um, but it's also important to consider digestive enzymes and the GI lining support powder, you know, so the digest aid is going to have that hydrochloric acid, 
which is going to optimize the pH of your gastric pouch, basically your stomach, right? To make sure that you're able to break down food particles and activate nutrients, absorb the nutrients, and also have less inflammatory components. So the digestate enzyme also has DPP-4, which is going to reduce the impact of dairy and uh, gluten in your in your GI tract. So something great to consider when dining out um, or really just before your largest meal of the day for certain. And the GI lining support powder, which is in our gut rehab bundle that has, Becky, the GI lining support, the targeted strength, and the digestate, right? Correct. Those yep. are three players in there. So that'd be a great place to start too. If you feel like you passed the probiotic challenge, but you want to really seal the tank, the GI lining support has L-glutamine, diglycerized licorice, and aloe, and that's going to really coat and protect that gut lining so that you are not having as many inflammatory responses to foods and chemicals. Yep. And especially um, for psoriasis, which has more of an autoimmune origin, super, super important to ramp up our um, digestive enzyme use and to support gut integrity for sure, first and foremost. Absolutely. So maybe let's go into acne. Did we hit all the things that we wanted to tell listeners about with acne, Becky? Let's see. <laughs> We've got two episodes worth here, you guys. Um, well, we, we talked, always do. Um, you know, hormonal imbalance. We talked gut health and toxicity is kind of the first um, areas of defense. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about um, chemical peels and use of those. Although, um, let's see, supplement wise, what else we got? The beat the blood yeah, for sure. And, and then let's talk about um, other supplement interventions and chemical peels. Yeah. So before we go on to topicals, which is where we'll kind of talk chemical peels and then our favorite products uh, and close up there. Um, I just wanted to call out if you are dealing with androgenic acne, <clears throat> we kind of called out how, again, if it's PMS related and we think it's progesterone or estrogen related, the first thing you could do is obviously get your hormones tested to really get to the root cause. But you might pulse in some of that detox support, whether you're taking two to three of the ultimate detox or you're doing a pack of the Reset Restore New Detox pack, which has three ultimate detox in there with the liver gallbladder blend, um, either of those would be a technique. Now, if it's androgenic, yes, you still could support with detox support because it's going to aid in the liver regulation again, but I would layer in the powerful ingredient inositol, myo-inositol, which is in the relax and regulate paired with the magnesium bisglycinate. That's going to help to reduce that excess cortisol output from the adrenals, which will help to retain the adrenal function and not burn out the adrenals over time. Also, the inositol itself is going to help to regulate the potential excess testosterone and or excess androgenic hormone in the body. So that would be a big player if, if that seems to be the trend. Like if you saw once you took on CrossFit or um, you've gained muscle in the gym with lifting and you started getting acne, that would be my first go-to. It would be relax and regulate followed by detox as the, the primary intervention for skin. Awesome. And then even bringing in things, um, if you're not per se doing a cleanse, but bringing in like the candy activator as a good um, item that you could pulse in. It's got that oregano yes. oil and other botanicals, and that tends to have a very favorable impact on skin. So even beyond doing a cleanse, if you know you're prone to 
yeast or dysbiosis, or you just tend to get a little bit of acne that can really help um, with killing off some of that yucky bacteria that can cause acne to flare in the first place. Yeah. And like, if you know you're prone towards bacteria, like a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, I was hanging out on vacation and we were at the lake, you know, all of the days and all of that beyond, of course, hygiene and returning to, you know, maybe doing some deep uh, pore cleanses and whatnot. I totally agree. Doing that candy activator can be a really great, just kind of push for the reset button as could the berberine uh, boost. And, um, that has some compounds we've seen berberine and the coptis in that, in that berberine boost formula being very supportive for more of the autoimmune related conditions, specifically psoriasis. Um, we've seen a couple studies on that compound. So let's close with some fun stories about your adventures in skincare oh, <laughs> and <laughs> chemical peels and all of the things, because I'm always, as you guys know, from the getting more to know me episode, um, I'm still like a five-year-old boy with hygiene and aesthetics and all of the things. And um, I'm just like, okay, mom, tell me what to do. And I'll slap it on and I'll let you know if anything happens. So my hygiene looks like if I'm being fancy, I might use a charcoal mask, which I think that does help a little bit with extractions. And um, I've used twice the beauty counter overnight peel, which was a delightful tingle, but I've heard that chemical peels can really be something else. Yeah. <laughs> Chances are I have experimented with like most of the things out there. I have not done the um, the crazy microneedling vampire facials that like Kim Kardashian gets yet, but I've A done some do like those, yeah. pretty comparable laser treatment that to be honest, I was not all that satisfied with. Um, but I've done some of the chemical peels for sure, like some of the glycolic peels um, or um, like high salicylic acid peels, especially like leading up to my wedding, I was going a lot more frequently to an esthetician and I'd be like, well, you're the expert. So just tell me what to do. And I've kind of like backed off of that since because, um, I just feel like those are really, really harsh on the skin. And I, you know, I'm no expert. I definitely don't know enough about, you know, the mechanisms of all the different acids, but essentially with the chemical peel, you're looking to increase cellular turnover. You're looking to stimulate, you know, collagen production, um, and to kind of get your skin reset, basically you damage the skin so it can heal itself. Right. And I find that, you know, that in theory, like, like, what's your skin's allostatic load? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And like, how much can it take? And how does this, you know, impact like further down the road, 10 years from now, am I just going to like burn it out? So, um, I tend now to do more like fruit acid peels. Um, so there's one that I use, I use the beauty counter, um, the overnight peel, which is an alpha hydroxy acid and beta hydroxy acid peel. Um, that's safe to do overnight, doesn't cause irritation, um, and has some nourishing, um, like antioxidants and things in that. I find that those types of things work better personally for my skin, um, or like the juice beauty peel is one I also really like, which is high dose vitamin C and things like grape seed extract that help with that skin turnover, but are supposed to work more on like a metabolic level where they help your skin to naturally do what it's supposed to do versus just like basically like shaving down a layer of your skin and trying to get it to regrow. And appeal just Mm -hmm. for people that are like me, 
you don't actually peel it off. You just like wash it off. Right. right. Or are right. there some that you do peel off? Because I was like, did I do this right? Because I'm are, not peeling it. There are masks that are like peel off masks, but that's a totally different um, concept. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen like the videos of the girl doing like, there was a charcoal mask that was very popular maybe a year ago. And it's literally like taking duct tape and like ripping it off your face. I don't recommend that for anyone. No. Um, but a peel is more, um, it's using an acid basically to exfoliate the skin. And there's different strengths. I mean, typically you would do that like under the supervision of an esthetician who knows what they're doing. Um, the ones at home are going to be, you know, much more gentle and, and much more safe for like, you know, once a week or once every couple weeks use. Okay, Your got skin it. And could peel is the other thing. Right, right, happened. right. I get that. With that like scenario. snake skin scenario of flaking. And I don't know if you've ever seen me like post one of those peels. <laughs> Sounds like you need to. No. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it nope. very often, like I said, anymore. Um, okay. And <laughs> collagen, we're big fans of. You guys can go listen to episode 144. There's been a lot of amazing research supporting the um, you know consumption of collagen peptides and that influence on skin health, including you know doing away with cellulite, also helping with connective tissue support. And collagen's best friend is vitamin C. So that bio C plus, again, not only to potentially support the adrenals, can help with the anti-inflammatory effects and the quercetin if we're talking about sensitivity or allergic reaction, but also can help to synergize collagen formation. So another kind of big one to keep in your repertoire. Uh, two to three products, Becky, last call of uh, things that people need um, to consider in their wellness regimen. And then we'll leave you guys all of the show notes. <laughs> um, so I'm really digging the um, counter time regimen. You mentioned the hydrating essence, um, and this is a whole skincare regimen can be a little pricey if you're buying the whole thing at once. So unless you're like looking to totally rehaul it, you could start with just a couple of the products, um, namely the hydrating essence and the serum are the two and their eye cream is actually really, really good too. Um, but it's, um, this really beautifully packaged regimen that I gifted myself for my birthday this year. And it uses a, basically a natural retinol complex. So, um, a little bit, more gentle, no harmful side effects, such as um, increased sun sensitivity and, and irritation that retinol compounds would have. And then it also uses Swiss Alpine Rose, which is a botanical that is said to grow in like really, you know, um, dehydrated conditions, deserts or Swiss Alps and things like that. Um, so basically the plant itself is, um, really good at defending against environmental stressors. So in theory should be able to defend your skin as well. But that whole regimen, I guess that's like five products technically, but that whole regimen, um, the overnight peel that I mentioned. And then, um, the other thing that I would throw on there, I think they're called zit sticker patches or stick sticker. Um, I, I had one of those in my dark. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I had mm -hmm. you use one, not the um, eye Darth. Nope. The nope, Darth. Not in the eye. Um, <laughs> stick it in your eye. These are great. And there's, there's all different ones. I'll link, um, to, um, one that has tea tree oil and some, um, natural botanicals, but they're basically like one of those teeny tiny little band-aid size that you would use over like a if you had a vaccine or something like that, right? Teeny tiny band-aid size um, that is medicated or um, there are ones that have a hydro 
colloid um, surface that can help to kind of extract anything that's underneath the skin. So good for like a cyst exit. I think the best thing about them, honestly, is that it keeps you from messing with whatever's on your face. So you basically stick this thing on. The one I gave Allie has like little micro darts that penetrate the skin and you can kind of feel it getting in there. Um, And then over, you know, six, eight hours, like an overnight treatment, basically, um, it's supposed to deliver different botanicals like tea tree oil and neem and things like that into the zit so that it reduces the angriness basically. But I think the best part, like I said, is it keeps you from like messing with your face and picking at stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that was for sure. The me was, I I couldn't touch it. So that helped Mm -hmm. for making it worse and and it could have worked. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Time will tell. But usually when I'm not so androgenic and freaking out, I keep things tight because I rock my gut out and my detox process. So hopefully today we've given you guys a lot of food for thought on entry points of how to address and optimize your skin health. As always, um, we appreciate you going over to iTunes, leaving us a five-star review. Check out the show notes at AllieMillerRD.com slash podcast, where you can click a link to shop with Becky as your beauty counter consultant, and you can learn and engage with all of the supplements that we discussed in today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.